God is so good. You know, a lot of times people talk about abundance and they relate it to one aspect of life, like the abundance of finances, which is an aspect of life, right? Or an abundance of favor. That's an aspect of life. An abundance of relationships. And the truth is, we're called to live a life of abundance. And abundance encompasses everything. But one thing I want to say is true abundance is not the excess of possessions. True abundance is a person. I'm going to say that again. True abundance is a person. John 10.10, the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, who is I? Jesus, have come to give life and life more abundantly. So the truth is, we walk with abundance every day. Because you can have all the finances in the world and be starving in your soul. But when we walk with abundance, which is who? Jesus. Every aspect, every care, every need, he has provision for. And so sometimes we look at our life and say, I'm lacking in this area. I don't have abundance. And we try to fix it based upon that area of our life. But if we recognize that we walk with abundance, every need will be supplied. It doesn't matter what situation we're in. We are with abundance. True abundance does not originate in what, in the what. But true abundance originates in who possesses us. True abundance does not originate in what we possess. It originates in who possesses us. Thank you, Father. Well, I think that's good. I think we can go. We can go from there. Right? What else do you need? You know, sometimes we carry things. We carry weights because we're not trusting. 
When it says cast your cares, it's not lay them at his feet. What does cast mean? It means to pull it back and to throw it. Meaning, don't go pick it up. <laughs> so, if we're carrying burdens, it's a sign that we're holding on to them because we got to fix it and we got to make it happen. But if we just cast our cares, it's like, I'm free now, I can go. I'm free. But it takes trust. It takes trust. So we don't, we don't just have abundance in one area. We are with abundance. Good stuff. You know, I have a sermon here. So we'll see how this goes. And I'm sure it's going to be good, but um, just, we'll, just, we'll just see flow, see what happens. How many of you believe that you were created for and with a purpose? That there was actual thought and intent when God created man. So when God created you, he didn't just throw stuff up on the wall and see what stuck. Oh, that looks good. He actually had thought and intent, meaning each and every one of us are different, meaning each and every one of us, he took time and intent to place things within us that no one else will have. So he created with us with design in mind. He created us with an aim. So all of our characteristics, our giftings, our talents, our contributions are there because there was an intention to them. One of the best ways I can kind of describe this or give a picture of this is a vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner was created with the parts necessary to clean the carpet. It, that vacuum cleaner has a specific identity created and designed with a definite function. It actually has schematics and blueprints for it. So it would be strange if I took the vacuum cleaner outside and mowed the lawn with it. Right? Why? Because there was an intention to the design. I'm going to say that again. There was an intention to the design. And my neighbors might call the mental institution if they see that, right? But guess what? I'm going to be frustrated because it's not going to cut the grass. Right? Why? Because there was a specific intention for the product. Right? So we were created with intention, meaning your characteristics, the parts that you have, your propensities, your contributions are there for a reason. 
The vacuum cleaner was created for a purpose. And what was that? To clean the carpet. Okay? So it was made with the parts necessary, but the purpose of it was what? To clean the carpet. So sometimes, and I believe in validation, I believe validation is awesome. Please validate me, okay? <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. But if we exalt the design without the purpose, what's the point? So when we actually do what our parts were meant for, it's going to bring joy. It's going to bring fulfillment. And some of us look and say, look at those amazing lawnmowers. They're just so amazing. They cut the grass. And I have to clean the carpet. You will be frustrated if your parts were meant to clean the carpet and you're trying to mow the grass. <laughs> right? So you were created with intention and for a purpose. So you were created with functionality in mind. The qualities that you possess are for a greater purpose. Ephesians 2.10 like I said, I went to a concert last night, so we don't have things up there. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. What does that mean? When he created us, there was intention. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. So you have a specific design for what? For good works, but specific callings and purposes. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we were created with intent and for a purpose. We were actually created for practical use. We were created for practical use. Think of the scripture verse. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Meaning we need to take what is heavenly and make it practical. If it's going in heaven, it should be happening on earth. So when we live outside of our intention, it will only cause frustration. When we can couple our design with our purpose, joy, fulfillment, passion will be released. And let me tell you what. When you couple your intention with his purpose, you'll find rest.
Sometimes we think that rest is the absence of work or the absence of calling. Rest is really you being who you are and being free in who you are and doing what you're called to do. Functionality means the quality of having practical use. We were designed for practical use. Matthew 6, 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's the practical manifestation of a spiritual reality. It's saying that we take what is impractical and make it practical. Take something that is eternal and inject it into time. Make something that is potential and make it actual. Make something that is general and make it specific. Galatians 5, through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It would be a partial truth to believe that the fruit of the Spirit only refers to our internal reality. How many of you want love inside? Me. How many of you want peace inside? Me. How many of you want patience inside? Me. But it's not only referring to your internal reality. Let's read uh, verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk practical in the spirit. Out of the message, it says, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not hold it as an idea in our heads or a sediment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our life. So the fruit of the Spirit is not solely meant to be a feeling or an emotion that we hold in our hearts, but rather it demands a practical expression. We were created with functionality in mind. So what is this verse saying? My my internal temperature should create my external climate. My internal temperature should create my external climate. What does it say? If we live in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. Functionality also means the quality of being functional. How many of you want to be functional? So we were created with a function for a greater purpose, and anything outside of that is dysfunction. Do you realize that we were not created to be dysfunctional? Now, I understand there's healing and there's processes and there's walking through hurts and pains and wounds and all that stuff. But we were never created to be dysfunctional. Living outside of identity and purpose creates dysfunction. Dysfunctional means not properly operating or not operating normally or properly. That kind of goes against what the world says. 
what does the world say? What is normal? There's no such thing as normal, right? Isn't that what the world says? There's no such thing as normal. If there's no such thing as normal, then there's no such thing as abuse. Because what is abuse? Abnormal use. If there's no such thing as normal, there's no such thing as abuse. And I believe if righteous people don't rise up, that's where this world's going to. The prefix ab or ab means away from, outside of, or opposite to. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So that word there is actually the logos, and sometimes we only relate the Logos to the written word of God. But the Logos is so much more than that. The Logos is actually who God is. It deals with his thoughts, his character, his nature, his wisdom, his counsel. So what is this saying? In the beginning was God's wisdom. In the beginning was God's counsel. In the beginning was God's nature. Are you guys following this? So in the beginning was the standard in the beginning was perfection. In the beginning was the original. I, I heard this, uh, an ex this example from Josh McDowell a long time ago. But uh, two friends are sitting there, you know, two good buddies are sitting there. And guy raises up this, this uh, bottle and says, this is a two-liter bottle. And the guy said, no, it's not a two-liter bottle. Look, it says it right here. Oh, well, I feel like it's a two-liter bottle. Listen, you're not understanding me. It's not a, here is a picture of a two, no, this is what I believe. This is what I feel. This is what someone told me. So how would you settle the argument? Well, a liter is a measurement, right? And there's a place in France that has the original liter measurement. It's in France. So what they would have to do is get on the plane and go size it up. Is this a liter? No. Why? Because it doesn't match the original. Are you guys following this? Why is lying wrong? Because the original is truth. Are you guys seeing this? Why, why is that not normal? Because in the beginning was perfection. In the beginning was truth. In the beginning was the nature and the character of God. So how do we, and not everybody's gonna, you know, agree, but the truth is, how do we settle it? You have to go, to France, no. You have to go back to the original. How do we measure up? We go to the original. I said all that to say that there is a standard to what is good. 
that there is a standard to what is just, that there is a standard to what is right. We were created for functional living. Are you guys getting this? We were created for functional living. And anything outside of that is dysfunction, meaning the opposite of functional. Just like if I went out and tried to mow the grass with the vacuum cleaner. First of all, it wouldn't work. Second of all, I'd be frustrated and I wouldn't be happy, right? I wouldn't be free. It all comes down to a disconnect from your functionality. Are there areas of dysfunction in your life? This is where it, this is called self-awareness. Remember when we talked about that? Are there areas of dysfunction in your life? Go back and say, what is my design? What is my identity? Why was I created? And then when we partner our identity with our purpose, functionality becomes our life. Freedom and joy and expression. Be careful with what you place before your function. So if Danny's been called to a, uh, a purpose and he has a function for it and he has the intention for it, but he places fear before it, what happens? Dysfunction. When you put shame before your function, guess what happens? Dysfunction. When you place anxiety before your function, dysfunction happens. When you believe lies about your blueprint, about who you are, what is the result? Dysfunction. Can you see why without purpose, vision, and identity, we leave room for dysfunctional behavior? Every day, we are confronted with a choice that demands a response. Will we steward our identity and purpose well? And whose choice is that? It's ours. It's ours. Now, I believe that we have leaders in our life, and they're for a purpose. And we can go to them, and we can share things, and they can give wisdom and guidance. And that's important. But it is my responsibility to steward my own heart. But you don't have to do it alone, is what I'm saying. What confronts dysfunction in our life? The voice of God. The voice of God confronts and freezes from dysfunction. The voice of God actually recalibrates. You know, uh, if you've ever worked on computers, uh, one of the things that they tell you to do just to get it working again is restart it. Restart it. 
or you need to check to see if it's plugged in. That's another thing you need to check. It's always something simple, right, Larry? Sometimes, right? Or after five hours of trying to figure it out, it's something simple. So what does rebooting do? Oh, there was something funky going on. Well, let's deal with that. And it restarts. Sometimes we just, what does the voice of God do? It hits the restart button. Dysfunction comes down to twisting your function. The prefix is actually used to destroy the good sense of a word. Remember how I said when you put fear in front of your function? That, that prefix, dis, means it is used to destroy the good sense of a word. So when you place fear in front of your function, when you say, you know what, I'm not good enough, there's going to be dysfunction with your purpose and your identity. And I'm going to spoil a little bit of the sermon from Abby, a little bit maybe. No, okay, I won't. She said no. But she just start, she talks a little bit about talking. You know, can you imagine if someone was berating you all day? If you, were, if, if you had a boss over you, I guess you did. Well, the Lord. But, and then they were berating you all the time. How would you feel? How productive would you be? And you'll find out in the video, I'm not going to, but we do that to our bodies all the time. I'm not good enough. I don't, well, I guess I can't say it. I don't like my hips or whatever she said. But if we're doing that to ourselves, why are we experiencing these things in our bodies? So you can hear the rest. It's awesome. So I encourage you to come to that. That was a promo, Katie. That was a, that was a spur of the moment promo. Not really. This is why the enemy uses lies to twist what you were created for. So the enemy takes your contribution and twists it so that you're the opposite of what you were created for. Here's a thought. If you struggle with gossip, Maybe that's a gifting of encouragement that's twisted. It's time to get back to your functional functionality. If you struggle with doubt, maybe your gifting is faith. If you struggle with cynical thinking, what I mean by that is this negative you know, thinking. It's a twisted gift of peace. What does the enemy want to do? Take your strength. Take the parts that you were given to actually affect the world around you and twist it. If you're always constantly in a state of weakness, maybe it's a twisted gift of joy. Why is that? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, I'm always struggling with being tired. Well, maybe you have a gifting of joy that you're not activating. How many of you guys are getting free? Amen. 
So when you walk in fear or you believe a lie, you forfeit your contribution. This is kind of my mom's stuff, but you become the opposite of love. If your contribution is love, you become the opposite of it. If your contribution is joy, you become the opposite of it. But what recalibrates us? The voice of God. It's that restart button. You know, your computer, I'm, I'm just getting revelation now. We'll see how this, you know, last time I had, um, we, we had our worship thing and I had a revelation in the moment. It was a terrible revelation. The revelation was sometimes you got to know when your baby's ugly. Uh, the, the women didn't laugh at that. So, it, I mean, in my mind, it's kind of a good revelation. We were talking about vision, purpose, and stuff. So not all revelations are good, right? <laughs> Dave thought it was funny. <laughs> now, where was I? I don't know. Um, oh, revelation. Oh, when you have a computer, there's all these tasks going on that you don't even realize. Right, Larry? But when you turn it off, what does it do? It resets, but it stops those tasks. So sometimes when the Lord speaks, it's to get you to stop doing. Stop, rethink, assess, and reboot. All right, you know what? I have a lot more, but I don't think I need to say much more. Did it end on a negative note or are we, are we good? Okay, so maybe, I, like, I don't like to end on negative notes, so. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of the sermon is kind of a shift of a thought, so I don't know if I want to go there, so. Thank you, Father. Let's go back to the original thought. We don't have abundance. We walk with abundance. So when I've been talking about dysfunctionality and all that stuff, it's not to put this weight on you. It's actually to free you. To say, let's get that fear out of there. Let's get that doubt. Let's get those lies out of there so that I can really function in the way I was created for and if we walk with abundance, we will have everything that we need. You will have everything that you need because you walk with abundance. True abundance is not the excess of possessions. It's a person. So, Lord, we just come before you, and Lord, we just thank you for the freedom that you brought in this house today. Lord, I just decree that as we go throughout this week, Lord, we will remember what you've spoken to us in this service today. Lord, that you will remind us what you uh, imparted into us. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, we just don't go out and we just forget what you've been speaking. But you, Lord, you remind us and we walk it out and we walk it into freedom in Jesus' name. Amen.